got, got to fight, fight for your right to me, Christ. <laughs> Who's that band? I don't know. The Beastie Boys. Was it? I don't know. That was my high school days there. Welcome back to Restless. I'm Father Joseph Gill, and we've all lost our minds. Thanks for sticking around. Yeah, after <laughs> yeah after listening to that. Now, actually, you, you have a future career as a beatboxer. Not going to lie. If I ever need a rap backing. Yeah. But uh, me. That is box, the Beastie Boys. Sort of. It is, right? Nailed yeah, it. So there you go. There you go. Google knows all. You've joined uh, myself, Father Joseph, along with Matt, Angelica, and Lauren, as together we young adults seek the face of Christ. Although I hear that uh, many of our listeners are not young adults, so shout out to all the grandmas out there oh. all right. who are listening to us. We have started this episode fantastic. This is so great. This is so great. We always say that we just want to put our banter on you know, on an episode, and this, is, I think, is the one. This is what it looks like. No, we actually do have a topic. <laughs> our topic is this. Angelica's laughing silently My over mom there. listens to this. Oh, yeah. She's not a grandma. Oh, she is a grandma yet. She is. She is. Don't call her that. Why? You're not allowed. You should be proud to be really? a grandma, even if you're only 40. She, 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 she says she doesn't want the word. Gra- grandma? So it's mommy or something like that. Mommy? What do, you, what do her grandkids call her? They're not allowed to call her grandma. Oh. It's for Mrs. Martinez? No, but like like mommy or something? I don't know. 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 My mom's a grandma. And she embraces that. She listens to. She's got three lovely grandsons. I'm going down to baptize one in a couple of weeks. Nice. So excited to meet little Sebastian. Sebastian Simmons. Shout out to you, Sebastian. <laughs> all six months of you. <laughs> anyway, our topic. The dopest six-month-year-old. Oh, man. He's the coolest kid I've ever... I've, I don't even have met him yet. Yeah, you haven't met him yet. But if he's related to me, he must be cool. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding about that. Today's topic is don't take shortcuts. Because in today's world, everyone's looking for the most convenient, the easiest. But in the spiritual life, you got to struggle. You got to fight for your right. No, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> Just like you all did through this intro. That's right. You got to fight for the resurrection. You got to fight for holiness. And, uh, you know, why is the struggle necessary? Because couldn't God have made it a lot easier to get to heaven? Couldn't God have made life a lot easier? It's a struggle to have a good job. It's a struggle to find a good wife or husband. It's a struggle to just like sometimes get up and get up in the morning. Why is there a struggle and why is it necessary? So uh, the first question is this, you know, sometimes I, I browse the internet like every day, um, and you'll find these articles. You find these articles that say like five secrets to holiness, or like just this one shortcut can get make you a saint in thirty days or less, or less. I mean, it's, <laughs> or less, or your money back. Right. Yeah. Oh, good. So, are there any shortcuts to holiness? Some would argue Marian consecration, or the Little Way of Saint Therese. Right? Isn't that a thing? That it's like, it doesn't Saint Louis of Mont- de Montfort say that? Oh. It's like the easiest way, right? Truth. I'm just saying, isn't that? I mean, that's so like there's, and he's a saint. He's a saint. <laughs> so, so when he speaks, typically we listen. But Angelica's rolling her eyes, so. You said he said easiest way? He said, uh. Not shortest way, right? No, I don't think it was shortest okay, way. Okay, so it's not shortest way. So no shortcut. It's still not a shortcut. Sure. See, this is why I said it because I figured we would get some clarity. Not a shortcut. I'll take your I'll take your word for it, Angelica. Right? Sure. He's not saying you gotta, you're gonna take some time off your struggle bus time. Struggle bus. No, no, but I do think he's saying that um, a nicer ride is available. Right. That it, yeah. No. <laughs> you move it might up to be first class. Like, right. That the struggle. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to speak for the guy. You know what I mean? Um, nor can I. Um, 
we have to go back and reread. Yeah, yeah. True consequences. But I don't. But I don't think that he's saying that that it'll be shorter. I think he might be saying that the if there's a peak moment of struggle, that peak might be lower. You know, that's fair. That's fair. And maybe you just receive more grace. Right. You know, it's like two people climbing a mountain and one person right. has like a It's weird cliff to bar. think about this and, 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 <laughs> and you know, the, other, the other person is just trying to get by on, you know, oats or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis de Montfort gives you the chocolate. He, That's what's up. he is the peanut butter crunch. No, he's in not. In my spiritual life. I'm allergic to peanut butter. Oh, I'm sorry. That would kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Thanks, Father. <laughs> I think invoking nice. Our Lady is always a good thing, right? So... I think you're on to something with that. I mean, if right. given the opportunity, you certainly should consecrate yourself to Mary. Yeah. If you can. And St. Joseph, um, books and resources make it pretty easy to do. My thought, which I don't know that people would say this is a shortcut, but for people who maybe were homeschooled and got to go to daily mass every day, that's like a formation that kids that went to public school did not get. Mm. You know, or even Catholic school, if it's a good Catholic school. And to have, you know, religious and faithful Catholic teachers as models versus if you're in public school, you know, religion is never talked about. Yeah. So you just never have that formation. Sure. So you got to find it or get it later. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. But I hope. I mean, we've talked about this a thousand times, right? Like I went to Trinity and I was at a disadvantage for it. Mm. To an extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some things in Trinity that were great, you know? But. Right. And I, you also have yeah. the reverse effect where people go to Catholic school and then they get totally, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you can also take it for granted yeah. in some yeah. respects, you know, if you're a homeschool yeah. kid. I mean, With I. That experience or something. I was a homeschooled kid. I didn't go to daily mass, but, you know, I'm, <laughs> it's funny. I remember my best friend um, who was also homeschooled, he's a couple of years younger than me, Steve Rohr. And, uh, when I turned 16, I got my license. I was so proud. I was like, hey, Steve, yo, I just got my license. He's like, that's great. Now you can go to daily mass. I'm like, uh, no, that's not what I'm going to be doing with my license. Right. But he had that love for Christ. Oh, praise God. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, but I, I often have to wonder, though, if you don't have that kind of upbringing, do you think God gives you commensurate grace? I need you to define that word. <laughs> like, do you think that, I mean, do you think God will give you the grace, you know, that would make up for the lack of good role models or the lack of daily mass. Sure. Or- That's an interesting question because I think that a lot of, uh, I've, th- I've thought about things like that maybe in different lingo because I didn't, you know, know the definition of that word. Um, but the the actions of your parents, I mean, they have real implications. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like if God did give that commensurate grace, right? Like doesn't that kind of take away from the repercussions of your parents' actions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. On the one hand, we have a fully loving and a fully just God, right? And a fully merciful God. And so if you said, if you proposed to me that God makes up for the failings of our parents, which everybody experiences, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would make total sense to me. But on the other side of things, we we are creatures with free will, you know? And if if... I'm a fallen away Catholic and I don't bring my child to mass. One of the repercussions of my action is a lack of grace for my child. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, in, in Exodus, isn't one of the, one of like the pieces of advice. I mean, not even an advice. It's like a commandment that Moses gives is bring your kids up in the faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want your kid, you know what I mean? If you want your child, your, your, 
the generations after you to believe, bring them up in the faith. But then you have those kids like like Blessed Carlo Cutis, who at four years old was bringing his parents to mass. I did not know that. Yeah, they, like they wow. never, they didn't even practice the faith. No way. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. I mean, Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati came from an atheist father and a non-practicing mother. No way. Yeah, and you're like, I didn't know that. Those are two, like, they're, they're pretty big saints. They're pretty huge saints, yeah. right? So, so, like, is grace, it sounds almost like grace can trump right. our free will almost. Like, right, you know? right. Well, and, well, which you can't, <laughs> right? Does Aquinas say that? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's certainly, like, it, 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 it gets into the problem of now we don't have free will. And that's, right. that's, that's, like, a, that's like a theological landmine, you know, minefield. I can't speak words. Then <laughs> um, why are you on the show? I, because I'm... <laughs> hilarious <laughs> no uh yeah that was funny that nobody laughed um but but i don't even know where we're going i have that see there you go the anyway grace, grace and free the will struggle. The struggle the grace and free will yeah yeah so it sounds like sounds like i don't know if there's shortcuts to holiness i don't think we've resolved that question is whether there's shortcuts or whether we've got a struggle but that but that i think is the mystery between grace and free will you know, I mean, devotion to Mary gives us a lot of grace. Sure. How does that impact our will? So let's move on to the next question. Cause well, we're <laughs> called we're to not. cooperate with grace. Yeah, true. You know? True. We have an, uh, oh my gosh, what's the word? There's a theological word that I should know because it was on my final three days ago. Um, obediential potency. We're, we're, um, we're spiritual beings. You know what I mean? We're not like exclusively matter. Obviously, we have souls. And so cooperating with grace is not something totally foreign to us you know we were made by god to cooperate with him that's very true yeah. it's very true you know this so no, but that's an interesting i don't think we'll ever understand the side of eternity how the cooperation exactly happens yeah yeah you know so if we if holiness is a struggle even for probably the great saints because i do believe you can't become a saint without suffering a great deal mm-hmm. you know i was uh, actually just having a conversation with your brother alex last night Angelica, as we were sitting around the campfire. And we were talking about holiness and things because he's a very edifying person. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, he said, you know, is it wrong to like aim for the highest heights of holiness? Like instead of like just becoming like a, just, you know, getting to heaven by the skin of your teeth. Like, is it prideful to say, I want to be a great saint? And I said, well, if you want to be a great saint, you have to prepare yourself for a lot of suffering. Because I think all the saints did. Yeah. So, so why is, so like, why do we struggle here on this earth? To, not only to be holy, but like, some seems like every day is a struggle sometimes. Do you ever find that? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Yes, it's like my every day. So I'm, I mean, I, I know for me, and this kind of goes back to one of our last episodes, the habitual, the habitual sin. I find myself constantly being like, why the heck do I keep doing this? Like, 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 not with the particular sins that I was mentioning last episode. Um, I'm talking like, I've, I just find that I do things wrong all the time. Mm. And as a result, I suffer is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? It's like suffering is built into, like from the moment I wake up. Yeah. I'm like, I should, what should he do? I should get up and I should pray, right? Fatima, one of the things she says is get up and say this particular prayer. And instead I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit on my phone, <laughs> look at Instagram for like 10 minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Things of that nature. Yeah. And so it's like uh, suffering is constantly a part of my day. Do you find that the, the day sometimes becomes a struggle? Um, yeah, certainly. Um, I'm not particularly happy with my work situation right now. Um, 
So it's hard. Like I, I have to commute 40 minutes every day and I don't particularly mind the commute, but when I'm there, only one person talks to me mm. and it's more like nice conversational talk. We don't like work together, um, immediately together. Um, my boss sends everything through our messenger app mm. and anyone else, if they call me from like the other side of our small office, I only work with 12 people, you know, they call me on the phone. So that's like, I don't physically have to be there. And now being there is just become like painful. Like I just don't like it um, for many reasons, but I have to be there and I have to go every day. And it's like, I could be down about it or I can complain about it or I can just persevere, right? But still while I'm there for eight hours every day, it is a struggle, mm. you know? So I think we always are going through different phases of life where we have mm. challenges or difficult people or anything can happen at any time, right? Whether it's like a physical ailment or something to someone that you know, or it's a stressful situation comes up at work, you know, it's just part of our life here. Yeah. Yeah. Even the, even the joys we experience, I think are tinged with a bittersweetness. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, this is like a thing that if you, so if you like look at Buddhism, right, they say, it's almost Buddhism. Uh, Bu this is a tangent, but Buddhism is like spiritual nihilism. You know what I mean? Like everything has to do with suffering. You know, mm. and it's so it's like a thing that he, like all humans acknowledge this. You know what I mean? And really, it comes down to well, what is the purpose of suffering? Mm -hmm. You know, which is what which is ultimately what you're asking, right? Like why why is suffering a part of our lives? Yeah. Um, and I think that ultimately it's because Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's, our salvation comes through his obedience and love of the Father, you know? But the apex of that obedience and love, love of the Father was the passion, mm. you know? And so it's almost like suffering is certainly a window into that path, you know, that we get to actually walk with him in that. Now, like I said, it's not, it's not like exclusive to the passion. That's, I think that's sort of Opus Dei-esque, you know what I mean? In that like Jesus redeemed work. You know, because he obeyed in work. Mm -hmm. And so there is there is redemption in these things as well. But the apex of it was the cross. And so suffering has to, like, like, like that's why you said right just now that the greatest of saints all suffered tremendously. And it's because Jesus did. That's true. That's true. Angelica, what do you think? You... Well, I'm thinking that the, the question, why we're struggling, why, do, why, why this struggle, Lord, like, I wonder if that is maybe like second to like, okay, Lord, like this is a struggle and it's happening and I'm always going to have struggle with something. And then like, what now? Instead of like, why? Um, and I think I get caught up with the why a lot. And I'm, as we're talking, I'm like, I do ask the Lord why I'm struggling with this and like what it means and like, what am I supposed to do with it? But beyond that, it's like, okay, I'm struggling. And like, what's the next step, Lord? instead of like, what am I supposed to do with this thing? Um, and so that's what I was thinking about. Hmm. Yeah. So when is it legit then to, to find relief in the suffering? So like, for example, you're, you know, you've got a rough job, you know, a job that's kind of dull and it's kind of a grind, Lauren. Like, at what point would you say personally, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to look for a new job, you know, or even if you're, you're suffering physically and maybe you got a headache, and you're like, okay, I want to offer this up. But like, at what point do you say, all right, I'm taking it? you know, Advil, you know, whatever. I don't know. I think that's hard to know. Um, 
it's like accepting the challenges and doing the best you can with them, I think is key. And then not letting things just totally ruin your day and your demeanor and how you treat other people, I think is key. And any struggling, you know, that we experience will make us a better person in the end and sanctify us. Right. Mm. And I think a good example is like, if you think of a child that's spoiled, given everything that they want, never does any household chores, like they're probably going to grow up to be a pretentious brat. (laughs) Right. And could, you know, just an awful person. So that's not good for us. Right. It's not good for us to not have struggle, Mm. you know, it does teach us we're not the center of the universe. Oh, and that's so key, right? Especially as like a young person growing up, it's very common to think the world revolves around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. This is, a, I'm thinking of a minor story that happened to me today. It's kind of a funny story. It's kind of a weird story. But so today was one of the most beautiful days of spring. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you were able to get out, but it was a gorgeous day. So I was like, I'm going for a run. Got a couple hours, so I went. So I went to this beautiful park and I started running on uh, out in the, the woods. And it was really, really nice. And I was just like, "Lord, this day is literally perfect." And then this giant blo- b- bug flew up my nose, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Ow! Oh no, not good, not good." <laughs> you know, there's a struggle getting it out. You know? <laughs> like right after? Yeah. Well, I mean, not right after, but like you know, along very, that same run, I was just like exulting in God's nature, and He's like, "Nope, right. it's not heaven yet." And I'm like, "Oh, rats!" That's you know, so it's funny. And that's the truth. Is like you know, even if even the good times, like I think God gives us these mosquitoes and the bugs just to remind yeah. us, like, hey, you know what? It's not heaven yet. Don't you know? Don't set down your roots here. And I yeah. think that could also be to help maybe not get so attached to worldly things, because most of us we like. Um, so totally um, envy per se, or like evangelize over, um, you know, the life of celebrities. Sorry, mm. not evangelize over, but like want that lifestyle, the obsess big over. house, obsess. Yeah, you know, the cars. It's like, oh, that seems so great. Their life is so easy, but we know from right. like very commonly done studies that like more money doesn't make you any happier. More money, more problems. Yeah, and that. That's what they say. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of challenges in that lifestyle too. So it's not good for us to be so consumed in this world as it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Because it's not. And yeah. I think that's an important reason why God gives us struggles. Yeah. And the suffering would be inherent because it's dissatisfactory and, you know, inevitable. It's it's intrinsically dissatis- dissatisfactory, right. that, that lifestyle. Right. So to even want it would be, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like suffering would naturally come with that. And I think suffering is so related to love. You know, my yeah. my dad is, is suffering from Parkinson's disease right now. And really? It's, re- it's really sad to see him decline from the very healthy man that he once was. I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. But but what an opportunity to show love, you know, to someone who showed oh, so much yeah. love for me. And, and to, you know, be patient with him when he takes a little longer to walk and, yeah. you know, help him, especially as his health gets worse and worse. And My grandfather had Parkinson's next... for like 10 years. Yeah, oh. So I know I know that path. Yeah. It's a struggle. I was just going to say, I think that's like almost the next level of suffering. Yeah. Because it's not your own. It's someone that you love. Yeah. And while you can be there for them, if it's, you know, you could be at someone's bedside, you could do whatever you can, but you you can't take on their suffering. Yeah. You know? That's true. And you wish you could. Obviously, that goes back to Christ and the father giving up the son and his mother being there, right? You know, witnessing the physical suffering of the passion. Fulton Sheen has uh, something to say about the the u- love calls people to unity, 
and and truly in the sense that like I mean the it's in the book three to get married so he's talking about it in the sense of marriage but how uh two becoming one yes is a, a physical act in in marriage but it's something that every soul who loves yearns for you know you yearn to be one with the one you love mm. um and that is why we suffer on behalf of people who, who we love because in, spiritually it's almost like we are we already are one yeah. you know what i mean sure there's like an indwelling in love um and of course that goes right back to the trinity amen so so what are some lessons you've learned through the struggle Hmm. I've learned a bit more how to pick up my cross and what that looks like. Um, and, and the difference in just how painful a struggle can be when I don't pick up my cross versus when I pick up my cross. Hmm. Um, so not to fight against it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's easier. It's, it's, it's a, it's a lighter weight and it's because it's not, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's, um, I, uh, I, maybe an example, I'm, I'm going to give an example. I'm going to try to give an example. I, I struggled with control and I realized that, um, right. I was getting like intrusive thoughts and just like overthinking a lot. Um, and right. I was struggling with this thing and I was getting super distracted. I'm distracted as it is. And, and then these things were happening. Um, and, and my part where I was trying to just push it away and take control of the situation was I was trying to be like, Lord, come on. And then just scooting it, trying to scoot it away myself and like distract myself in different ways um, so that I can be at peace. And instead of picking up my cross and being like, like, Lord, you are with me and like I'm giving you these thoughts and instead of, and I'm going to allow you to take control and 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 if this happens, like, okay, and I, you're still with me and I don't have to worry about having to push these things away um, so that I'm not like overexerting myself to do this thing and trying to relieve myself of this thing that I'm going through. So just re- realizing like surrender. Yeah, hmm. surrender is huge. Any other lessons you've learned from the struggle? I've learned to not idolize things. Hmm. Uh, I think... Um, some of the times that I have, I don't want to say if it's some of the times I've struggled the most, because it's certainly not exclusive to this situation. Um, it's when I'm like attempting to give up something that I know is terrible for me. Um, and this is going to sound very silly. It's very silly. And I realize that I love the Rangers, the New York Rangers so much. And I gave up reading New York Rangers articles for Lent. <laughs> I said I knew it was silly. Um, That's awesome. But I did not realize how much time I wasted, nor did I realize how much I cared about them. Mm. And how like they had, like they genuinely occupied a piece of my heart, mm. which is crazy. Do you know what I mean? Sure. They're a sports team yeah. of which I know nobody personally. <laughs> You know, but like they legitimately like were taking up some real estate. Did you play hockey in high school? No. <laughs> love hockey. I just love hockey. Cool. For the record, they're playing right now. You made the And it choice. was difficult to decide to come here. It must be playoffs, right? It's the playoffs. Oh, man. How do yes. You... Um, I'd ask how they're doing, but. 
Yeah, I don't but that'll lead be a you nice back into trip. sin. No, no, no. <laughs> but but do you know what I mean? So like, I gave that up for Lent, and it was really hard for like the first three four weeks. Mm. Um, and then by the end of Lent, I felt like I was like, whoa, like I don't. It won't bother me to skip a couple games. And that I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have even, you know what I mean? I would have been upset missing a couple of minutes at the beginning of Lent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And again, I realize how like, you know, potentially immature this even sounds. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But that's, that's where I'm at. I'm a, I'm an obsessed hockey fan. But recovering. (laughs) That's right. Recovering from your addiction. First step to, uh. That's such a common experience though, right? Like. Yeah. We love our entertainment. Are so into whatever sports teams or Or like the MCU. Uh, sports Center every day, or ESPN, or on the ESPN app, where there's sports yeah. betting. Yeah, that's me. How much time does that con- not sports betting. You know, take up but for their right. life, right? Yeah. We're in an entertainment obsessed culture. It's and true. So it's like it's that, true. and that was my for me. Of it, yeah. For me, it's not that. It's the news. I'll read the news twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. Got to know what's going on. Yeah, but for ten minutes, that's enough. I shouldn't be doing it two hours. Right. 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 So what have you learned from suffering, Lauren? Um, I think I've suffered in, in different ways, like physically. Like I can just think of I've done uh, both my ACLs. I've had surgery Ooh. and had to come back. That was back-to-back years. Mm. Um, so like at the time, that was like such a big deal. It was awful. But what was what was the greater suffering, though? Was it tearing their ACL or was it the fact that you had to give up your Frisbee season? Right, yeah, twice. I mean, that was... <laughs> Probably God being like, this is too important to you. I'm taking it away again. But um, like that's the most physical suffering I've ever had, right? The pain and the the physical therapy. And, you know, it's for months. Um, But you kind of learn like, well, I can handle this. I can overcome this. Like I'm actually pretty tough, you know, and strong. Mm -hmm. You know, like you get those benefits by – the struggles, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as the spiritual life goes, I'm still trying to improve doing my daily silent prayer, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough. So I'm like in the struggle now and like, I'll have a day where I do it. And I'm like, yes, I got it in today. And then it's like the next day I'm like, oh, when am I going to fit it in today? Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. I like happen to just be busy at this time in my life with a lot of Catholic things and they're all good activities, you know. Um, I talk to my spiritual director all the time. We just got to speak again a couple of days ago. And she's like, these are all good things. But, like, the Lord desires a relationship with you, a deep, intimate relationship. And, you know, are you going to give that to him? Like, that's how you conform your life to Christ, right? Yeah. Like, he wants your heart. Are you going to give it to him or not? And you can say, like, yeah, of course I want that. But then I'll go and sit and be bored again or be tired mm-hmm. or I'm out with my friends and I don't want to leave so mm-hmm. that I can go spend that time before bed or in the morning. I'm like, Oh, I'm too tired. Right. I, right. I don't know. There's all these like excuses that we make. So I don't know. It's a challenge, but Oh, I can also see though. I think this is kind of a common perspective when you do get into the habit of adoration, it changes you. You know, how you treat others, how you deal with problems, mm-hmm. how you're able to lead others spiritually, which I'm somewhat doing, like, especially with youth group, right? Yeah. It's like, if I want to be able to help others find Christ, I need to be rooted in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. 
Yeah. And yeah, going to prayer is sometimes a struggle. Oh, yeah. Definitely a struggle for me. Oh, yeah. Even something as simple as like a daily rosary, which would be so easy to just kind of like, not that you should, but like say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not put your heart into it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and like technically out. fulfill the, the requirement, right? Which is a terrible way to approach prayer, right? Filling the requirement, yeah. You know, but but I think there's there's so much value in that struggle because when you struggle for that, you're it's it's a way to prove love. Yeah, if you only prayed when it was easy. What kind of relationship would that be? And I and I really do think that the struggle and the pain that comes with the struggle struggle and pain, it like it always reveals a wound of some kind. You know what I mean? Mm. Even if that wound is like, oh, shoot, I'm a fallen human being <laughs> That's who, the who wound. suffers from malice and ignorance because of original sin. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, but like it always reveals a wound. And um, by revealing that wound, we learn who we are. We learn who God is and how he's going to heal us. Yeah. You know? So. Absolutely. How, how thankful we should be. Yeah. That he lets us hurt. There's very little growth without suffering. Yeah. Now that's, a, that's a hard reality, but one, one that God, I think, has proven over and over again. So my challenge to you, dear listeners, is to not be afraid of the struggle. Don't look for shortcuts in your spiritual life. Don't look for shortcuts. I mean, you can definitely have a devotion to Mary. <laughs> if that's a shortcut, great. But, you know, <laughs> make sure. We're not sure that part yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it could be shortcut. Yeah, sure. yeah. But, you know, be willing to embrace the struggle, the struggle of getting up and going to work every day, the struggle of loving your family, the struggle of loving your spouse, your fiance, your kids, whatever, friends, family, enemies, because that's, in that struggle, that's what makes life rich. That's what makes life formative. That's what makes us saints. You can find us in Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM, and also on FM station. I believe it's 103.5. And you can, you can find us on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Orange Podcast, Spotify. Android Podcast. Android Podcast and whatever other podcast place you want to listen to. But thanks so much for tuning in. See you next time.